Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Lonzo Ball, left side. Between the circles, Zion just driving at Bogdanovich. Gobert comes over, double clutches, and scores over Rudy. Man, you don't see anyone else in the world do that. Lonzo Ball, down low to Zion. Zion off balance, falling to the ground, gives it out to Redick. Three good. What a pass. What a shot. There's your lead change. Pelicans lead at 82-79. Quinn takes a timeout. Down 10 with 2.28 left. Bogdanovich is going to launch a three that makes it interesting, and it does. Seven-point game with 2.22 to play. Conley has it on the left side of the floor. Driving. Hands it off to Bogdanovich. Looks like they're playing for a three. Conley ball fakes. Dives into a wild three and air balls. That is not entirely clear what happened there. And a fast break dunk the other way. And the Jazz will lose tonight. Well, we just have to be better defensively. It was transition, you know, on the ball. We were getting blown by the glass. You know, there wasn't a lot that we did well throughout the course of the game on the defensive end. So it's, we just have to be better. There's, like I said, there's, there's a lot of things we need to do better. And I think there are things we know. We just didn't execute. We have to execute. I think we had a chance to win this game anyway. You know, we went one, one terrible cut away from being a one-point game and maybe getting a chance to win. When I go straight up and I get airborne in the chest, there's not much I can do about that. They talk to us about all these rules and being vertical, and it's great. But when someone jumps elbow first, you know, there's not much you can do. I mean, it's, it looks good on the highlights, but it's still an offensive foul. You know, that's not what we lost you know, once again, but I think we should have done a better job defensively. Man, I Rudy. love I love Rudy, man. He he was bringing it. He was bringing it last night. In fact, he we were talking. He may get fined for that. Uh, the Jazz lose last night to the Pelicans, one twenty nine to one twenty four. Rudy said they were one terrible call away from it being a one point game. Actually, it was a one point game when that terrible call happened. By the way, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I loved his comment about Zion, though. Like it looks great on the highlights, but it's still an offensive foul. <laughs> <laughs> but Gordon, uh, what are what are your initial fa- uh, thoughts after watching that game last night? Uh, if the Jazz had played with the same intensity in that comeback attempt uh, near the at the very end, there they would have won that game by ten, fifteen, maybe more. But they did not. They that that the, that part of the third quarter was just kind of laissez faire. I mean, I don't know what the Jazz were doing, but that did not look like the Jazz team that we've seen playing over the past month and a half. Uh, they looked uh, loose. They didn't look like they were really dialed into what was going on. And, Jake, I have to tell you, I thought about what you said as I was watching that unfold, and it's that uh, as much as we focus on the Jazz when they miss shots – when they don't D up properly, when they don't communicate, then that is the real downfall of this team. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. When the Jazz couldn't afford to let that happen, they had the lead, and they let it just evaporate by way of intensity. The other guy's intensity. And the Jazz at the defensive end could not get the job done, and they paid the price with a with an L. The, uh, the give-a-what factor was super low until about four minutes to go. And I've got a stat for you, Gordon. That's going to back up exactly what you're talking about because I think you're right on the money. The the defensive intensity, the focus, whatever whatever buzzword you want to use, it just wasn't there. How about this stat? The Jazz did not have more than three consecutive stops the entire game until there was four minutes left to go, 
And uh, during that 16-3 to run to cut it to one, the Jazz made nine stops on 12 possessions. Wow, yeah. So when, yeah, and, when and, they kind of decided... what happened, you yeah, know? When they decided, like, oh, okay, let's buckle down here. We may have a shot at this one. Boy, it turned around pretty quick, didn't it? So, I mean, I think that that really does tell you everything you need to know about last night's game. And, and you know, like, historically bad, by the way. Giving up 74... Points in the paint. Uh, now, Gordon, off the top yes. of your head, do you know when the last time a Jazz team surrendered 74 points in the paint was? It had to be back before the Jazz had a decent big man. I, I don't know. When was it? Long well, time it's ago, interesting I... you say that because I actually don't think the big man told the story last night. I don't think they gave up that because of the big man. But we'll, we can get into that here in a second. The answer is, in a regulation game, we have no idea. Because they only started keeping that stat in 85, 86, and it's never happened. So uh, it, it may have happened before that. We we don't know. But in, in recent history, it's never happened. Well, I, th- I think what Quinn said there, what we heard him say, was exactly right. You know, you've got to play the kind of defense you're capable of playing. And the Jazz just did not do that. And I don't know why. And I'm not sure that Quinn knows why. Because it's, it runs counter to everything he coaches, everything he stresses with his team, and his team didn't do it. Well, and you heard I, him say it. Yeah. He said, we know what to do. He said, we just didn't execute. All right, I'm not trying to, to let anybody off the hook with this take necessarily, but, I mean, the big part of the reason why you can put your finger on it because it's really hard to do every night in the NBA. <laughs> to bring the focus and the effort and the energy uh, every single night to play like they did during the you know that stretch of games, it's remarkable they did it for as long as they did. I mean, it's just that's that's not something that's easy. And you know what else is is not easy? Standing in front of a freight train named Zion Williamson. That's hard. <laughs> is, it's hard. He is a lo- he's a load, and it and takes effort. Not- and they just weren't there last night. They just weren't. They yeah. didn't dig down and get that extra something to have the defensive performance they've had. Yes. I uh, agree 100%. And and they paid for it. And, and then you saw them scramble to get back in it, to do what was necessary to win. But the, the, And you and I have talked about this, Jake, that this is a danger of winning 22 of 24 games, where you just think that, okay, uh, you just go through it and, and do uh, go up and down the floor, whatever, knowing that you can, uh, you can uh, if you buckle down, you can get what you need to win. Well, that is just you can't think that way, and I don't know whether it's a subconscious thing or whether it is conscious. What, what, at what level it's in players' minds, but it, it infected them uh, last night, and they they were not ready to play at the level they needed to in order to to do uh, what was necessary. I mean, the, you're talking about a team that really does not play much defense, you know, and uh, offensively we saw what they did. They took it inside. And they, they took the Jazz apart. And uh, it, it, you said it perfectly. And I can't I haven't seen uh, Jazz defense uh, as porous as that down near the basket uh, in, in a long, long time. And, but, and I'm sitting there watching it, and I was watching it with someone else, and they said, well, do you, what, what, what's going on defensively with the Jazz? And I said, a lack of uh, intensity and a lack of focus. I, I, I don't. I, and I can't explain it, and probably Quinn, Quinn couldn't either. Well, and the other thing is, is they're super. They are undersized outside of Rudy as a team. So, you know, playing defense 
It, well, let me put let me put it this way: uh, defense was a lot easier for Scottie Pippen than it was for Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> Get my drift. So, I mean, to be a really good defensive team, they have to play that, you know, uh, on a string type D, that real team effort type D. And and Rudy is kind of the quarterback back there directing traffic. But you know, it takes kind of that team type effort to truly be an elite defensive team for this Jazz team. So, you know, that wasn't happening. Uh, last night against the Pelicans. And, and the problem wasn't Rudy, and I, I want to get back to that because, you know, you say, oh, points in the paint, that was a big man problem. Rudy can't do it all himself. And if yeah. if the whole Pelicans team is just going to beat their guy with that little effort, I mean, you know, Rudy can Rudy can only help so much. And, and the whole game plan was basically have Rudy shade Zion when inevitably he got into the paint, Rudy could help out. But, I mean... Brandon Ingram made a living in the paint. Lonzo Ball made a living in there. I mean, they just, nobody could keep their guy in front of them, and Rudy can only do so much. Well, it seems like uh, ever since uh, they've always had a problem with Ingram. Maybe not always, but often they've had a problem with him. And Williamson, he's he's too quick. He's too quick for Rudy sometimes to get over in time to do anything about it. And uh, and he's in, you know, he misses one shot and he gets the offensive rebound and puts it up again, and chances are he's going to uh, to score when he does that. And and it was weird because early in the game he was he his presence was there, but not like it was in that third quarter. It seemed like in that third quarter he just said, "All right, I'm going to put my uh, imprint on this uh, on this game, and I'm going to make a difference." And there was nothing the Jazz could do. About it. Boyan Bogdanovich on uh, Zion Williamson is not a good match. No, it's not going to go well. And listen, Zion is is something else. I mean, he's a he's a built in mismatch, and we'll see how the Pelicans go forward building around him and and what type of players comp you know complement him and the type that don't. I don't I don't think he and Stephen Adams together are a particularly good fit. Um, he might end up being a big, as weird as that sounds, and they play four out around Zion. I mean, it would it would help if he was any good at all defensively but it'll be really curious to see how they what they do going forward because he's he's a real unique matchup every single night and will he round out his game you know Locke was hitting this hard the other uh last night he's only taken 23 shots outside the paint the whole season which is just nuts so i mean does he expand his game you know does he go the road Giannis has been on for a while now where you know the the physical uniqueness is there you know big time, but do you round out the game and become a better basketball player? If he does, I mean, he's he's going to be awesome for a long time. Well, he's athletic and he's quick. He's Those spin moves down low. And he's, how how tall is he? 6'6"? Six, 6'6", six? Six, six, yep. I mean, but but it's almost like a, a, if you put a bigger guy on him, he almost cuts that bigger man in half, <laughs> you know? It just is uncomfortable for a big man to be trying to guard that when he's a whirling dervish, you know, five inches shorter than 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 you are. Whatever. And it's not his guy. You know, that's the thing with Rudy. I mean, Zion's not his guy. Somebody, a little help out there. Yeah. And you saw on a number of occasions where Rudy would come over to try to help, but then his man would beat him. You know, you're right. He can't he can't guard everything. But I I just thought that Rudy on those times when he was matched up, uh, he didn't win that match, you know, and it's it's almost as though Zion Williamson is strong enough to sort of clear space with Rudy. And Rudy thought he was using elbows, whatever. 
he was using some body part to get that ball up and in. And, uh, yeah, the Jazz, uh, there was very little they could do. But when you are when you have guys like uh, Ball who are, who are also hurting you, and uh, like you said, Ingram, and the Jazz uh, were almost being attacked from two or three different sides, and then they couldn't muster what was necessary to, to deal with that. And this is a team the Jazz have played a couple times already and beaten. But they found a way to, to take care of their business earlier, but they couldn't do it last night. And that's why I think it's not a matter of physical ability. It's a matter of application. But I do think that this All-Star break is coming at a good time for this Jazz team. They've got one more lap tomorrow night against Philadelphia, and then they're off until a week from Friday. So um, I, I think a little time to, to regroup it would probably be good because they're running out of steam a little bit, which, well, you know, it's, you been know. A, it's been a pretty, you know, locked-in couple of months. So I don't know if that should come as, as much of a surprise. Well, like you said, this happens to every team. Yep. I mean, you see the Lakers lose, you see the Clippers lose when you don't expect them to. So it does happen. There are ebbs and flows. But I think this game against Philly is pretty important uh, because if they slide into the All-Star break uh, having uh, losing again, I, I don't know. I don't know how well that's going to sit with, the, uh, with all the guys. Uh, I think it's pretty important for them to bounce back, give one good, strong effort, and go into the All-Star break feeling, uh, uh, you know, the way they should, given their record. And and right now, if they have these uh, back-to-back losses like that, I, I think that's going to sting a little. What do you think was the highlight for the Jazz last night? Was it Rudy's uh, 19-foot jumper or whatever that was? Well, yeah, because that was that might have been the longest shot he's ever hit in his career. But I thought I thought Royce's I thought Royce's three was pretty nails. Royce's three to bring him within yes. one, you know. But he's hit a few clutch shots this year in the little clutch time that the Jazz have played, and that uh, that was a big one. Uh, the the final play when they were down three, and there was well the play ended and there was twelve seconds. What what was it when they started? It was less than the shot clock, right? It was like 20 seconds when they started. Talking about like that. the one when Mike Conley, uh, yeah, tried to dra- three. That I mean, that just looked disorganized. I don't that yeah. that couldn't have been what uh, the coaching staff drew up. I'm guessing. Well, plus they a, didn't really need a three. They could have gotten the quick two, and then played the fouling game for a minute. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was a bad shot. That was a bad. shot. But they were searching for it because Joe Ingles almost pulled the trigger on a bad shot earlier in the clock. So I, I I would be curious what they were actually looking for. It was not a great night for Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, or Joe Ingles. <laughs> well, no, not shooting the ball anyway. What they shoot, uh, the three of them combined, I think it was like 11 of 36 or something. Not, uh, not Yeah, good. but you got to love seeing eight assists from both Conley and Mitchell. That's true. They did make some plays. Donovan's passing the ball extraordinarily well. I thought see, I thought Rudy this, played well. Bogdanovich was obviously great, and Jordan Clarkson was Jordan Clarkson. They just didn't want to guard anybody. Yeah, true. Although I, I still think that uh, Donovan Mitchell has to play like a superstar. I mean, he, he kind of does, and uh, that that was subpar last night from him. Um, it was. I mean, the expectation for him is pretty darn high now because people view him as what he wants to be viewed as, and that is a star player who leads his team to victory. And he was not particularly good in a lot of ways last night. And, uh, I mean, you underscored it. The defense was the main reason. 
I, you know, I'm, I'm constantly, when you bring up the, the he's got to play like a star, I'm trying to decide what the, the bar for that is in my brain when we have these discussions. Like, what, what does that actually mean? And I, where I would contribute to the conversation, I would love Donovan Mitchell to get to a point in his career where going out and guarding the other team's best player is something that he wants to do. That, if, if you want to talk about playing like a star, that's that's what he could add to his game that I think would would push him to more of that level. I mean, how many stars have we seen go seven for twenty one? We see it all the time. But you know, well, on on those nights when Brandon Ingram is is well, maybe he's a bad example because he's so tall. But uh, on those nights when the other team's guard is tearing them apart, or you know that uh, you've got uh, a matchup with Portland and Damian Lillard, you know highlight that because he's going to go out there and and really give Damian Lillard his best shot. You know, like it, I think that's how he could really play like a star is take that challenge to go out there and take the team's other the other team's best guard. But I think he needs to be a little more consistent offensively as well. Um, you know, well Dame's not exactly a great defender either, is he? No, I think he could add that to his game too. I don't, yeah. I don't think Damian Lillard's perfect, but in what way, Gordon? Could he add? I mean, he had eight assists last night. We're talking about him making the right reads, right? Well, I'll, I'll, seven of twenty-one is not good enough. Hitting a third of your shots is not good enough on a bad night. Well, I mean, but we've seen evidence of that sort of thing before. He's what's he shooting on the season? Like forty-two percent, less than that. Forty-two and a half percent, thirty-eight percent from three, which is a great number. His effective field goal percentage is fifty point eight. He's averaging twenty-four point four points per game. 5.4 assists. I mean, is you you like to uh, to focus on turnovers? I mean, he's got three turnovers a game. That number could come down a little bit, I guess. But I mean, those and he's a he's a no brainer, hands down all star. I mean, he's <laughs> it's pretty good. I know it's it's pretty good, but the standard for him is higher than that now. Well, I'm not going to blame last night's loss on Donovan Mitchell's offense if that's what you're fishing for. Well, I I no, I said I said all three of those guys had bad nights at the offensive end. Mike Conley was not good, Donovan Mitchell was not good, and Joe Ingles was darn near absent. Okay, I, so I mean, all of that all of that was true. And when you're talking about a game that uh, at one you know late in the game it was a one point game, uh, all of that makes a big difference. Well, if your point is offensively that Donovan Mitchell isn't playing at a star level, I don't agree. That's not what I said. I said he has to play like a superstar for the Jazz to to, to be what they want to be. Well, I I think <laughs> I I guess okay. I mean, what that's why I keep searching for a meaning. Like, give me what does that mean? What because I think Donovan Mitchell's offense is awesome. I, I don't think there's much to complain about with Donovan Mitchell's offense. I really don't. Again, he was 7-21 last in night. One in one game, game. In one in, particular right, right, game where I'm the t- team that's didn't what, play That's what well. I'm talking about. I'm talking about one game. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I mean, the, the Jazz needed him last night. And, he, yeah, he made some nice passes, but he was not what he needs to be in order for the Jazz to reach their potential. I'm not sitting here ripping Donovan Mitchell. I'm just pointing out that he is – he has attained a status now that is beyond just oh that was that was that was okay that was pretty good and I think he performs as such. What if what if LeBron James played like that? He does. What, well, very rarely. 
Seven of 21, I bet you it's more common than you'd think. Mm, I, I think the Lakers And, by the way, that's the, way. the bar? Oh, you know what I'm talking about, Jake. I mean, you're setting the bar down here, and maybe the LeBron comparison is way up here, but there's a place in between where is Donovan Mitchell a superstar or is he not? Well, he's the leader and the star on the best team in the league. Well, if they play like they did last night, they won't be the best team Again, in the league for in, long. you say you're concentrating on one game, and then the very next sentence is to get them where they need to go. So is he not playing at that level, or is he? Uh, he, he is, he is sometimes just not as consistently as I, I believe he needs to be, needs to do in order for the jazz to reach their goals. Okay. I think, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty darn good. Pretty darn good isn't good enough. They have the best team in the league. They just, Quinn Snyder just won coach of the month for the second month in a row. You know, he's the odds-on favorite for Coach of the Year, regardless of what our friend Chris Mannix. Uh, Chris Mannix said Tom Thibodeau. Thibodeau is 12-1, to 1 and Snyder is 1-3. to 3. Real quick. So. All right, real quick. on uh, So this is Damian Lillard, and it's a, uh, a shooting stretch starting. Let's start right here. Um, February 1st. 6 of 13, next game 9 of 23, next game 10 of 20, next game 9 of 22, next game 6 of 21, next game 7 of 16. Mm-hmm. So there's three or four games in there that are just like the game right, that Donovan but what's had. Por- what, but Por- and what are Portland's aspirations this year? Are Portland's aspirations to contend for a title? I don't think so. Well, I mean, I did, I'm not arguing with Damian Lillard's superstardom. My point was that it's it's – a seven for twenty-one happens quite a bit in the NBA to every I, star I, player. I, I understand that. I'm just saying that Donovan needs to play like a superstar for the Jazz to to accomplish what they're looking to do this year. And I think that's a fair statement. I'm not trying to rip him. I'm not saying that. Uh, you know, I I know I understand that superstar players can have an off night. And my observation is just that he needs to play consistently at a really high level for this team to do what it, it hopes to do. Well, I'm going to Because I don't think they can do it without him. I'm going to hammer out a, a, a definition to that. By the end of the season, I'm going to find out what exactly that bar is. So when well, we get there, you can go, here, he's arrived. This is superstardom. He's playing well, like a superstar player. To, We're going to find needs, out what that is. Yeah, he need, he would, well, well, like you said, it would be good if he could play a little better defense and he needs to shoot better than 42% from the field. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.